We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, everybody, and welcome into the Backliners Podcast. It's Agro and Barracuda, as per usual. This is going to be an episode, everyone. It has been a crazy week uh, for me. Uh, lots of season 10 fun stuff, but busy stuff going on. Uh, a lot going on in the Smite world, so we got a lot to get to. Uh, Barra, do you think your microphone is working? It isn't. Um, we knew it wouldn't. Yeah, I even I heard you chuckling, and I even thought, okay, I don't see his levels popping up um, in this moment. Why don't uh-huh. I change it this time? There we go. It is either default headphone or speaker. One of the three. And it's it's just random. It's just random. I don't understand it, man. I don't get it. I don't know what's happening. This is going to be my energy all episode. Uh, yeah, there's just the something about the holidays where everything just becomes much more stressful. And I don't know why, but it just seems like right on December 1st, like everything mm-hmm. starts like lighting on fire all around you. Yeah. So. And that is a really why. good time um, to also uh, be ready, getting ready to launch a brand new season on the video game you work on. Um, you know, that actually makes it uh, a lot easier uh, and, and less intense in every way. Uh, it's really not, it, it's nothing to, I, I really don't think that it's an unreasonable amount of work or anything like that. It's just like uh, the, the timing is, is always a little inconvenient um but you know we got we got we got stuff in the oven it's cooking mm-hmm. uh and say nice things about season 10 or else um is is where, is where i'm at now um all right we had a big weekend uh, last week i should say of uh, of smite content that we can go over though which is which is the good news um in this instance and a patch that i didn't even know that was happening and the... a patch that you didn't even know was happening. Uh, yeah, nine. Where do you want to start? I think we should start with the SEC championships real quick. Sure. Um, because not a lot of. Uh, well, I, I, I'm just gonna be completely honest. I did not a lot, have a lot of time to to watch this weekend, so I don't have a whole lot of uh, analysis to break down or anything like that. Uh, real life got in the way a little bit, so apologies uh, on that. I saw that you were doing your super speed review um earlier on today uh yeah i go ahead i watched all of the games at two times speed okay. um because last week i did not want to sit through uh 
four days of eight hours of EU SEC. So oh. two days of six hours each seemed much better than four days of eight hours. I'm um, not great at math, but I'm yeah, that sounds good. It, it is less hours overall. <laughs> yep. Um, but I didn't really like. I took a ton of notes. Ooh, but look at you. They weren't like great notes. Basically, <laughs> I was just saying like what was happening in the game. But I mean, like o- overall, um, there were just a lot of games where nothing happened in the early game, and then the next game would be like everything was happening in the early game, mm-hmm. and then it would be like a really clean mid game, and then be mm-hmm. like a really sloppy mid game the next game, mm-hmm. and then it'd be like a really quick late game and a really easy siege, and then there was like a sixty-six minute game that yep. lasted forever and no one could siege or like get fire giant for literally ten minutes. Uh-huh. And then they did get Fire Giant, and they threw it away. And so that was basically just the synopsis of the whole weekend. I will say, like, overall, I think Mambo is, like, leagues ahead of everyone else. It is not close. Yeah, and that kind of showed in every Mambo set, I think, where they just seemed just up and beyond better than everyone else in the EU SEC. Um, Yeah. It seemed like Ravens and I think it was Scorpions at the end. Yep. Yeah, Ravens and Scorps at the end. Um, they seem relatively close. Uh, I think Ravens actually should have won. Or I think Scorpions actually should have won, but Ravens ended up winning that last set. Yes. Yeah, I did catch a little bit of that final set um, between the Ravens and the Scorpions. I don't know about you, but I was a little surprised at the the sloppiness of the ravens um just based on you know having adapting there having coast who has been around for a long time i mean angry kana ice islanders are guys who have been in the eu sec for a very long time mm-hmm. and it wasn't you know it even for guys of that talent level you expect more mechanical mistakes because they aren't scrimming uh you know hours and hours a day getting that consistent practice all that kind of stuff even the most talented sec players mechanically get better when they make it to the spl most of the time because of the the amount of increased practice and quality practice they get usually i expect more mechanical mistakes than very simple like uh, simple is maybe too harsh a word but um the the types of mistakes the ravens made in that set mm-hmm. and the scorpions for that matter uh surprised me a little bit i don't know if you felt the same way when you were watching it yeah, I felt the same way just because of how clean Mambo is. Yep. And also, it feels like Mambo is able to get away with basically whatever draft they want. Uh, I think there was one game they had like Shing, Hunbats, and a Kronos mid. Like Shing solo, Hun jungle, Kronos mid. And then they were still able to somehow get pressure on the map. Yeah. Like, that just genuinely does not add up to me. And it seems like that should not be a thing. I don't know if people like can't pressure properly and the games where mambo does go pressure um they're just they just look like an spl team like it just looks like they just know how to play smite and play their leads like even with like limited kill games um it just like everyone else um just seemed so much sloppier over the days Mm -hmm. in my opinion yeah, I, I definitely agree. Hex Mambo and the Highland Ravens, the two teams that qualify also, to go to the group stage. Go ahead. I will say uh, I did not understand why teams were preferencing or pref- preferring Alquong so much. Um, yeah. 
That just seems like a ranked pick or something where you're just hopefully able to like gank the solo in or gank the support over and over and get free kills. It just doesn't really seem like that will really work in comp. Like even SEC, I feel if, like it's just... If I had to I guess, know. I'll bet you it's because Johnny is the jungler on the number one team in your region. Um, and he has styled on your team many times in scrims and in sets with mm-hmm. Alquang, which is one of his signature picks. And usually when that happens, that pick becomes more and more prevalent throughout. You would think that it like would make players better against the pick, but in my experience watching, it seems to almost do, not the opposite, players will get worse against it, but it does just become more popular if the best player at it is dominating the region um, mm-hmm. with it. It also happens in EU SEC with Heimdall, because Ekrom is such an insane Heimdall player, that every ADC just has to pick, like, be able to top pick Heimdall and, and do work on it. So, the, you know, Heimdall starts to see more play. Alquang, uh, that's my best guess because I agree. I don't think that that Alquang is particularly yeah. uh, strong right now. They would go like Charybdis mid with an Alquang jungle, and I was just thinking like maybe you just want like a default pressure hunter in mid that can just get the Alquang through, like. Like, they were also going, like, Book of Thoth Alquang, and I feel like that, like, you were cooking in the oven for a long time and just hoping, like, your Charybdis or your Soul Inner can, like, make enough room. But, like, if you're into, like, say, like, a Bologna Osiris, like, solo jungle, which I feel like Osiris is randomly coming back in the jungle, we all love that. Yep. Um, I feel like the Alquang just can't play the game. And there's, like, other picks that can do the same thing. I can just pressure the Alquang on back amps at blue buff, like... Just make him completely lose all farm. And right. also, teams just didn't really seem how to or what to do against Mambo. I feel like taking the rotators away from Deathwalker is the best way to beat them because mm-hmm. Deathwalker on the rotators, like he just makes way too many plays around the map. Yep. But teams continually gave him rotating style gods. And yep. he, I think he just does too much on those. Yeah, agreed. You have to, you have to landlock that guy. Uh, just keep him in his lane um, or accept that he is going to rotate to fights and pick someone who can actually punish that type of uh, rotation by like Mm -hmm. hard shoving the lane, you know, getting towers quickly, all that kind of stuff um, is is probably a good idea against this squad. Uh, I can just imagine like, sorry, I'm just thinking about the Charybdis Alquang with with (laughs) Book of Thoth. And I'm like thinking about what Lasbro would pick and how Lasbro would play that matchup. And I'm just imagining a Pele on their back camps uh, the entire game. Like there is no way that Alquang should be able to stack a Book of Thoth in the jungle uh, and not be two levels behind. Um, That's that's it. Like just seeing like if... Oh yeah, there was also a, t- a literal first pick Alquang in one of the games. That blew my mind. That's as bad as first picking Dance. Like I <laughs> don't know what they were thinking. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I will mean, say, do that. Um, Gunter really impressed me. Um, that guy's a beast. Throughout throughout all of my notes, I think I had several several notes about Gunter either making like big plays or just like good individual plays. Yep. Um. And then on top of that, there was a bit of Hercules Golden Blade. Itori seems to just love Golden Blade on, yep. like, all of his characters. And then I think Lysnemix had really good Golden Blade Hercules games. I don't remember if Kana played any. Yeah. Um, but that was also pretty interesting. I don't know 
if that's just for lane pressure or if it's like a safety thing for Herc that you don't feel like you have to like pull push all the waves to clear. Yeah. Um, I'm not really sure. Yeah, that's interesting. I don't know. Lestemix has always been a Hercules player, um, but the Golden Blade tech is interesting. You, I Same type of idea where I think that teams just kind of unlock. There are so many preconceived expectations and assumptions about the right way to play a game of competitive smite or right way to play a game, any game of smite that mm. just stifle uh different like players trying different things and i wonder if the full damage hades solo has like opened up the idea of if i can just do an like if i can play safe enough uh, or dominate my lane hard enough i don't really need defense um I can, mm-hmm. If I can be uninteractive enough, then I don't need defense and I can afford to go something like that early. I mean, we've seen so much Horus Solo this year with Golden Blade. Um, I'm I'm excited to see that kind of stuff. I think that's very cool. Uh, just having to commit your two to, to group up the whole wave and then just basic attack it down, keep driving strike forever. Why mm-hmm. not? Um, and you also have boulders for Link there as well. Yep. Yeah, boulder do be clearing waves. That's for sure. Um how uh before we move on to patch notes hex mambo obviously the the team to uh watch going into the qualifiers out of eu but can never count out um a team with adapting uh on it what how surprised would you be if hex mambo was one of the what four teams that qualified to the smite world championships in january uh they're in Gaming King Striker in chat said they're in Scarabs, Oni's, and NASCC2's bracket. Mm. And Scarabs are looking pretty good. I think Mambo actually have a pretty good shot up against Oni's, because I think Oni's will defeat themselves mentally if they have to play against Mambo. Possible. Um, I think all three of those teams will beat any team, or any NASCC team, even though, I mean, NA, you know. Yeah. Go NA or whatever, but I think Mambo can uh, just beat or I think all three of those teams can just beat whatever NASCC team happens in that bracket. But I, I wouldn't be that surprised. Because, um, I mean, the Dragons Mambo set earlier this year, Mambo looked really good against Dragons. Mm-hmm. And Dragons are also a team, in my opinion, that sometimes struggle against teams that... It's just like the SEC teams. You don't really know what they're going to play. Right. They also like don't have anything to lose when they're playing against you. So right. they can just play like buck wild. They can go for all these solo kills, which SPL players are much more reserved because as you play more and more SPL games, you're like, okay, I probably shouldn't go for this like solo kill. Like if the jungler's here, if the support's here, it just gets like you guys get like I guess trained into being safer. Right. Um and the SEC people I don't think will really play that way. Or at right. least they shouldn't. Um, so I, I think Mambo has a really good shot against Onis and in a or whatever SEC team comes out. I think Bugs are looking pretty good right now. So I think Bugs are like a definite out of that group, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, but Onis, I mean, I, w- I would love to say Onis for sure can make it out, but they're just so you weird on tournament. Day. Yeah, no, like you just never know. The, that roster on paper, I shouldn't have to think about. Nope. Like, I, I should just be like, okay, yeah, they can definitely beat the SEC team 100%, but I'm I'm just not that confident. Yeah. I don't, I, I would be, 
if you had to, if I had to assign a percentage that Hex Mambo make it to Worlds, it wouldn't be that far below 50%. Mm-hmm. Uh, it would be like, I'll give them like a 35% chance to, to make it to Worlds, which is significant. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, for for my for my Fire Emblem fans out there, XCOM fans, like you see a sixty five percent chance. I'm not feeling very good about that. Uh, you know, thirty five is a lot to give up in uh, in percentages. So we'll see. Um, it would be really exciting to see them make it. Uh, I hope they make a run, um, and I hope they play well. And you know, I always want every team to play well because I just want to watch good smite. Um, but excited to see what they are going yeah, that- to bring. That is a good question. I want to know who is all traveling. Yeah, that's you from sure. Mambo. If there is one, if there's more than one person travel that cannot travel on Mambo, uh, it's it goes the to DSPL like three percent. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It goes, it goes significant. Oh, all of them are traveling, according to chat. Big, big. That is that is huge. That is massive. Man, that land is gonna be so awesome. I legitimately <laughs> cannot wait for that land. I'm How so glad happy. Are you, you don't have to play in that <laughs> land, dude. <laughs> Bro, I'm so happy. I was just about to say that. Like, my stress levels once we beat Titans, rock bottom. Like, yeah. I'm so happy. Like, playing as an SPL team against SEC is just always scary. Yeah. Like, it's genuinely, you don't know what they're going to do. They're going to play crazy. They're, they're not playing to lose anything. Like, yep. if they lose, it doesn't matter to them. And yep. if they win, it's everything. Like, if they even get a, an ounce of momentum, they can carry that and snowball it through the entire set. And it's it's just a terrifying place to be. Maybe that, there's a lesson to be scary. learned there, Barry, about playing to win, pl- not playing to not lose, you know? That, well, that's that, what I did when I picked Dan's eight times. <laughs> and, and then we went to World, so, you know. That's, so, that's hey, cool. something, something's got to be there. Uh, Coast in chat says, uh, I wish I could say the same. I'm assuming you mean about travel, Coast. Do, do you, uh, could you reveal... Uh, who is coming you don't have to um of course but i am uh, i am curious for sure um should be fun uh hopefully uh everyone from all teams can travel but uh sounds like it will not be angry uh won't be there okay well at least it's not uh, a backliner who has to hit a lot of buttons um all the time uh <laughs> you know that would be unfortunate that is definitely a shame angry in particular is like such a beast i've been saying that that guy is spl ready for like two years um and legitimately believe that so uh oh yeah he's correct definitely a shame but uh hopefully you guys can can make a run anyways and uh excited to excited to see what the land holds um oh unfortunate well co says angry's out there and then a situation occurred which hasn't been made public i don't know when it will well we don't want to make it public here uh if it's has to go through with some official channel so that's that's what we like to call a nice little cliffhanger uh, for you in the business you know that'll that'll come Attaboy out coast. eventually way to go coast first, first pick dan's run it down do not press that s key and see what happens it's always served him well uh i think all adc should just gun it down all the time so uh and that's why i've been a fan of coast play forever because my man's has gunned it down the whole time um all right before we move on to the 9.12 patch notes you know uh we gotta let you know about some different stuff so first and foremost Got to tell you about this great little service called Factor Meals. Uh, if you guys are anything like me, and like we talked about at the very beginning of the show, your entire universe is just all, it's like, you know, the snow globe is both 
well-timed in terms of its theming uh, for the time of year, but also for how the holidays feel a lot of the time. You know, it just gets, everything gets like shaken up and then it's all just kind of floating um, in there. Why do you think, never mind, I can't go down that route. Uh, I was about to go off on a long tangent about snow globes that I just know we do not have the time to do. Uh, so with all of that nonsense going on in your life right now, all of the different things for the holidays and traveling and all that kind of stuff, there is no way uh, we are going to have any time to do any cooking this week. Yep. So that's why it's the perfect time for us to plan ahead with something like Factor. It's a ready-to-eat meal delivery system. Uh, they shop, prep, cook, and deliver the food straight to your door so you can enjoy chef-crafted, dietitian approved meals during the holidays, minus the hassle. Uh, and if you're like me, a little bit of a picky eater, you don't have to worry because they have 34 meals per week, including gourmet plus, keto, calorie smart, vegan plus veggie. Uh, I could have said vegan and veggie, but I read straight off the page uh, like I'm from Anchorman. And 36, over 36, excuse me, weekly add-ons. You'll have plenty of nutritious, flavorful options to choose from. Barry. Yes. Can you, I think people, you know, they know that I'm going to come up here and say some stuff excitedly because I used to do that all the time. Uh, mm -hmm. Can you tell them legitimately? Uh, you're the best at it. Thank you. Uh, that factor meals are legitimately delicious. And it's not just me saying nice things uh, in a voice about nice things. Yeah, as someone who ate four factor boxes in one night, they are legitimately <laughs> delicious. <laughs> and also, they're extremely healthy, and you just pop them in the microwave for two minutes, and then you have a healthy meal. And I think for all of us gamers and computer people in general, we're not the healthiest. We need to stand more, you know. And any way, any way to make your life a little easier, you know, you just got to walk to your fridge, pop open the box, pop in the microwave for two minutes, and then eat a delicious, healthy meal. And as Agro said, there's tons of varieties. There's tons of varieties. There's a large variety of uh, tons of varieties. Selections. That's proper yeah. English, I think. Thank you. It didn't sound great coming out of my mouth. Yeah, um, right. But me and Agro have different diets. I'm vegan. He eats anything. Um, so that's both of us me. can. <laughs> <laughs> Except for factor meals, those are good for you. Those are good for me. Yeah, that's uh, that's big. Is to is to find something that is good for me and that I like a lot. Uh, and factor mm -hmm. certainly uh, covers that. So uh, if you want to get involved, which of course you should, head on over to go.factor75.com/backliners60. And use code BACKLINER60 to get 60% off your first box. That's code BACKLINER60 at go.factor75.com slash BACKLINER60 to get 60% off your first box. Big shout out to Factor as always. Um, all right. Let's talk 9.12. Um, and I saw you pull the, the, the big headline. You know, uh, I, I said it on the update show. I'll say it here again. Don't want to... Uh, stir the snow globe too much um, uh, as everyone says everyone knows what that phrase means uh, on game balance right before the world championship so nothing mm -hmm. insane but still some uh, buffs and nerfs to go over here in a little bit but the big new thing is the brand new adventure it's the first time we've done an adventure for a while this has been in the works for months and months and months and months and months um, and it's Odin's Onslaught so brand new 2v2v2v2v2 it's five teams of two uh where you're battling it out on a brand new map uh to gain some gold kill some 
some bosses, return some flags, all that kind of stuff. Uh, and so far, it seems like reception has been uh, pretty positive, um, which is which is obviously great to see. It seems like people are really having fun with it. How did you uh, how'd you like your first foray into Odin's onslaught today, Barry? Oh, I liked it a lot. Um, considering I had no idea that it was happening, it was a nice little surprise when I logged on to Smite today. Um, I played about eight games of it, and every game I felt like I was doing something wrong. Um, mm. So that's that's pretty fun yeah. when you are like, okay, I'm not optimizing this as efficiently as I should. Um, and then I just started playing a lot of Bologna with Golden Blade and Berserker ah. Shield and Shogun's. And I was running at all those little filthy auto-attackers that were trying to clear their camps. Yep. Um, and killing them, which... The more I played, I learned that kills are not the way to go about that game mode. Um, you just want to be PvEing as much as possible. And I think you kind of want to play it like it's a duel a little mm. bit. And just be one of those really annoying people yep. that doesn't fight. And just like Poseidon... I played against Poseidon earlier when, like, Doom Orb. And he just farmed everything and they won. And... So I think like playing it like that is pretty important. Um, if it is possible, I would like to see that kills and experience or ki- golden experience for kills goes up. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that'd be pretty nice because it feels pretty bad to kill a camp for like one fifty gold and kill a player for fifty gold. Sure. Um, so I was a little sad about that. Um, but besides that, really fun game. I enjoyed it a lot. Yeah, it's uh, it's been a lot of fun. You know, the the amount of different iterations we play test and all that kind of stuff was really crazy um but there were definitely times where kills were all that mattered uh and then mm-hmm. there were times where it was even it was significantly worse than it is now with how little kills matter um and how much pve you wanted to do so i don't know what our plan is as far as um balance and that kind of stuff for it um but from what i've seen i think that your opinion is uh, is a pretty universally shared one um you uh so you recommend the the quick farmers um mm-hmm. that, can, that can get around the map uh i in in my experience in our internal play tests which are very rarely about winning and more so about testing and information gathering and all that kind of stuff uh i felt like the the most success that i had was on gods who could both fight and farm effectively um Mm -hmm. i tried the the bakasura the poseidon strategy and you know just running around only farming all that kind of stuff um but you know certainly could have optimized better played it better anything like that but for me gods like uller felt really good who could like insta clear camps pretty effectively Mm -hmm. and then uh take short bursty trades really well um i i felt like the best comp going in was going to be something like uller freya uh that just feels really really hard to beat in the moments where they are strong and can win a win a fight quickly and then back up and then re-engage on their terms um you know gods that are just in like pele and that kind of stuff like weren't always the best because you you were just going to get killed uh as often as you were getting a kill but someone like uller or freya who can just axe or whoop into one shot and then back up and wait for cds um typically played pretty well um yeah but, i completely agree i think those are good as well 
yeah those uh that was the most fun comp that that i played was ula freya um but it was a good time uh and i encourage everybody to check it out i think uh i think you will enjoy odin's onslaught for sure i really don't know what our plan is for for balance it's a good question i should ask someone about that anyways um let's talk about balance shall we we you mentioned earlier that osiris jungle is all of a sudden starting again right on time everyone starts playing all these types of gods right before the world championship um and in this patch there was uh a nerf to mannequin's scepter uh because that is such an osiris abuse item so basically just left the minion damage the same cut the god damage in half how important do you think this nerf is for things like osiris jungle and erlang shen jungle those uh on-demand pressure warriors that have started to pop back up um i'm not sure honestly because i thought the minion damage was more important than the god damage here for this change Mm -hmm. um to shut down those style of junglers um i'm not sure how much the damage to gods matters because from playing against osiris it's more about him insta clearing camps walking around the jungle and just being somewhere that he shouldn't be sure um not the overall like damage he's dealing because most of the time when you're dead to an osiris kink you're dead regardless mm-hmm. um you're either out of position or your jumps down or he just has so much chase potential with slows and stuns and roots um so i'm not sure how much this changes i mean it obviously makes it less appealing to go mm-hmm. those styles but um i'm not sure how much it actually changes yeah i think that's fair um i will say that you know we certainly discussed minion versus god damage um mm-hmm. and these are the hardest situations i think where mannequin scepter is not a problem item anywhere except for on yep. two gods <laughs> in the highest yeah. level of play uh and there are a lot of casual players who love playing mannequin scepter on their arachne or on their thanatos and just like yep. having fun in their games and we don't want to take that fun away from them, but in situations like the World Championship, you know, we have a little bit more leeway. Uh, but, you know, I think that the Arachnes and the Thanatoses of the world would have been hurting a lot more with the minion change than the god damage change. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that is one of the reasons why uh, I advocated for gods more than more than minions but i don't think that this will eliminate osiris erlong from the world's meta uh i hope it decreases their presence a little bit um but dude they're like cockroaches man they They just just unstoppable huh you just think you get rid of them they're gone for like a few months and then you go to your garage and you're like Oh. osiris what are you doing here well it's because like you know they're they're doing what they're doing for so long right and uh-huh. then they get nerfed and everyone's like, oh, surely they suck now. Don't don't play them anymore. <laughs> and then someone plays it and it's like, wait, this is still really good, guys. Like, we could just pick Erlong and run it down at him. And everyone's like, oh, yeah, this is going to be really good for us. Uh, and there it is. Like, and that's it. Um, and it just goes to show how insane uh, these characters have been at times. And how that cycle has all happened. Where they were insane and still weren't being played uh for a long time in a lot of cases and a lot of times they don't even get buffed they just like pop back up like this uh 
Like, think so about weird. what Osiris Tether used to be. That mm-hmm. ability was insane. I'm pulling it up. I'm looking at it. I mean, Erlung as well. Like, you did so, he, like, he lost so a many knock changes. Up, dog. He lost a knockup. A knockup. Dog. <laughs> How can. <laughs> a knockup. He lost it. It's gone. He doesn't have it anymore. He lost a whole yep. scene. He lost the best CC. Yep. And he's still good. It's just like. Remember when that about... character released and everyone thought he sucked? And his two crippled? Barra crippled! And the mink had fatal. No, it was the one! The one had fatalis! You could fatalis, root cripple, knock up, and taunt in the same uh-huh. kit! Yep. And people thought he sucked. We're all stupid. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. <laughs> it's it's but it's just it's just how it goes. It's just how it goes. There's just something about auto attack, AoE clearing gods that have CC. It's just, honestly, I guess it's just those two, huh? Yeah, I mean... Maybe if there were more warriors with AoE auto attacks, there would be more warriors running on the jungle with mannequins. Maybe. I mean, Nike mannequins was a thing for a little bit uh, in the jungle, because she has a cleave. Um, we yeah, haven't seen... Whip like... is just not a good ability for jungle. Like... No. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> nice and slow. Yeah. yeah, nice and slow for sure on that one. Yeah, his tether lost fifteen percent damage reduction on each target. So if he tethered two people, uh, on patch nine point six, he was gaining an extra thirty percent damage reduction. And it wasn't just to him; it's that those targets deal. That's how Osiris tether works. If I'm Osiris tethered. I deal now 20% at max rank, less damage to everything, uh, not just to Osiris. Uh, he lost 15% per target and is still good. That's nuts. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's nuts. How uh, many, I remember... like, like, I feel like every tether in the late game is at least three people, right? It's like both yeah. backliners and a tank. That means he lost yep. 45%. 45% damage reduction. And he's still good. Yeah, we were watching Scream pog off on... It was like late game Osiris. Because, like, you always pick Osiris to, like, scale you through the early mid-game with whatever picks and just hope that the Osiris can, like, do things late game. Yep. And Scream was just, like, not caring. He was just YOLOing in there, like, into three or four people in the late game and getting a kill or getting a relic or dropping carries, like, both half HP. And I'm like, how is he doing this? He's just holding W pressing his buttons as quickly as he can like we, we even went back and watched like his pov and my guy was literally just jamming his dent like <laughs> he was actually just on phoenix defense is just like ulting through into their entire team pressing tether and then pressing all his buttons like why not it's just crazy yeah why not osiris uh has got to be we should do an episode where we're just talking about gods that are just like un the, the cockroach gods like you call them like the gods mm-hmm. that are that you just can't get rid of um that are gonna be good f- maybe forever uh just because of of what they do and osiris on its face doesn't look like a god that's like that and it hasn't technically been like that there was a time where osiris like wasn't played at all um it was and it was season it looks like it was like season seven uh he didn't get he got buffed in 
season six launch 2019 and then didn't see another balance change for a year and a half uh august 2020 patch 7.8 and then he got buffed again in 7.10 so there was uh, i do remember a time where osiris like wasn't seen at all um that it was probably during that like season six era Mm -hmm. based on this um but man this god now like I think that the, that as players have just understood more and more and more, this god now is just crazy. Um, I would say, like, without mannequins, I don't think him and Erlong are going to do great in the jungle anyways. But they are cockroach gods, so maybe even without mannequins... Like, if you just delete mannequins from the game, I think yeah. maybe they're still playable in the jungle. Because my gut reaction is no way they'd be playable, but I've said that a lot about those two characters. Yep. And they still come back, so. They sure do. Well, even in solo, like, I feel like, because this is how it normally goes, right? Not so much for Erlong, but for Osiris, it's like, okay, well, he gets played jungle. Inevitably, his jungle gets nerfed. And then every solo laner just starts playing him. Because everyone realizes the value of having a a mid-game Osiris rotate to a Gold Fury. And how it feels, like, pretty unstoppable. And I don't think his late game is very bad. He doesn't kill people super well late game as a tank, but... He tanks. <laughs> he, he tanks really well. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. I just feel like Osiris is one of those kits that is really strong. By the way, I'm looking through these old balance changes. It's just on the Smite wiki. Uh, did you know that in before Season 4, um, he used to get 5% bonus damage reduction per second when a target was tethered? So every second you were tethered, you got more and more damage reduction? That was for each target. Huh? It lasts for four seconds. You're telling me what this ability, because it, it used to be 10 to 30, this would scale up to 50% damage reduction? Is that is that right? That's I do remember jumping out of tethers back in the day because I would just get chopped chop by an Osiris and insta-die, so maybe that was why. Yeah, yeah, that seems good. He seems like those... he might be good. I think it was back in the day where soloers were literally just soloing you, and or soloing backliners, and you yep. can't really do anything about that. So that that tracks. That makes sense. Yes. Yeah. Soloers might be pretty good now. They aren't. They aren't that. Uh, yeah. That's for sure. Um, okay. On her uh, got a little buff. Cooldown on the jump went from 15 seconds at all ranks. Now scales down half a second per rank. So 15 down to 13 um not a huge buff but honor's gotten a couple buffs in a row now so maybe we get a little i was was wondering maybe level three before pillar now Mm. just to like abuse the cooldown a little bit but it would be really good in lane to be able to jump more often yeah like aggressively but but man that damage increase on shifting sands is just really high like i'd be surprised yeah, I was just thinking, like, a way to use this, because I feel like late game it's not really going to do much, like, in, around Fire Giant fights. Like, when if your jump's down most of the time, you're dead anyways. Sure. Well, I don't know. With it, On her is normally going trans, right? So that's at least 10% CDR. So, you know, between... I think your... they have to go Devos right now. Oh, uh, yeah. Right now it's probably Devos. I mean, Devos... Uh, on her likes flat pen more than most uh, because mm-hmm. of his passive. So, maybe... Um, we could see a little bit. Honor is one of those gods that if I if I could craft the perfect smite world championship 
composition uh, of gods that are in the meta that people would like to see and, and are fun to watch, uh, on her is definitely one of the top hunters um, mm-hmm. on the list. Another hunter that is on that list for me that I don't think that most people would be surprised at their presence, I think Hachiman is really hype. I don't think people really give Hachi the credit that he deserves for because he is uh, a, an easy god to play at a lot of levels. Um, but I think he's got some hype moments, you know? Just just buff him so he can dash off the horse again. No. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> that, was, that was the funnest part of Hachi. By far the funnest part. Yes. And I, I do think that god just got drastically worse on the 9-5 patch because his poke used to mean something, like back right. in the Crusher meta. And with the Devo's meta and people having so much more HP, like... Tuing them doesn't really do anything anymore. It's much more like auto attack based than like ability po- based poked right now. Mm-hmm. Um, so his two doesn't really do much. But I, I do agree. I do love ha- a good Hashimon. Uh, maybe I, he comes back. Maybe he comes back. That'd be sick. Uh, I know that you raided the channel before we went live because I looked at chat and someone brought up Jingwei uh, as a god in this discussion, and that is let's go psychotic to me. That is the least hype hunter it, okay that's just wrong barry come on come on man you can look as the as the quintessential jingwei abuser you can't uh-huh. tell me that she has those huge pop-off moments that are as cool as someone like hachiman or on her i'm pulling up the whole hunter list as you can tell i'm, I'm, oh, I'm no. off the rails he, we're, off. we're off. gone I'm, I'm not even trying oh, to get no. this back on i'm looking at the hunter list give me one moment here because jingwei has got to be the least hype uh of all the hunters at a competitive level. Apollo's definitely hype. Apollo's um, hype. Artemis I isn't think, that hype, I don't think. Like, I mean, it's really hype. Like, once you Tusky and there's five people around you and your Tusky just stands on top of you, that's pretty hype. Yeah. That's exciting. That's I, probably my favorite. Barra, imagine, <laughs> okay, imagine this, Barra. You're in the finals, okay? The uh-huh. crowd is going nuts. You're going crazy. You're playing Artemis. You press alt, Tusky stands next to you at once. The entire crowd yells, Tusky, at the exact same time. It's the loudest thing in Texas history. Uh, it re- measures on the Richter scale. Um, I would probably get up and leave. Especially if I, if I genuinely miss a Tusky and, and the crowd went, Tusky. Like, I, I would leave. That yeah, would, that, that would be. That would be, make me uh, so upset. That would be brutal. Um, okay, I'm not going to go over who is not hype, but I will talk about who is uh pretty hype i think chernabog is hype um just getting to fights uh and then like being able to dash through a team fight uh, dodge something big that kind of stuff is cool chiron is hype uh with the snipes i think Curtinos is pretty hype because he has those like stand and fight moments really well where he just like turns fights at melee range that he should lose uh and can be a pretty aggressive hunter so i'm about that um danza of course um Heimdall has Wait. the flashy opportunities, but I don't know if he's, I don't know if most, the average Heimdall game would get most people super hyped. A lot of the time he just like eliminates a frontliner with his ult and then the fight's over. Yeah, it depends if, it depends on the direction of the fight. I think if Heim's getting dove, it's pretty spicy, but if he's just hitting frontliners, it's pretty like every other hunter. Yeah. I just need to see the the port forward tech plays, you know, where you like mm-hmm. where you're placing the aggressive ports to like get your knock up and that kind of stuff. Like that's the that's the good stuff. Uh, Ho Yi, like the most hype hunter in the entire game, um, 
that character is just crazy ishtar i think is really cool and really hype um i assume we will see her at the world stage and i think that's gonna be awesome and rama iconic um medusa as well i think has those big alts but that's about it barry Wait, you have not apollo? a very hype god pool can i say that to you you don't that think apollo's hype no apollo's sick for sure apollo's definitely oh, hype, okay no doubt but like scotty is like the most anti-hype right uh well scotty is terrible right now good. scotty and jingwei are not great right now so cool. uh, my god pool in the worlds is just dance yeah just dance and that is a hype god so that you got that going thank for you, you. Uh, well i had to get one in there yeah uh, the you should have told me yeah. beforehand to, to to buff hachi for you you know that's what that's what should have happened i mean you guys I did but that was one of the worst buffs i've ever seen what was it again uh, the attack speed like up to oh, yeah, steroid basically is it what do you mean if we added two seconds to artemis steroid people would think it's good right well yeah okay. but I, you don't you don't max artemis steroid first no you max hachi two first yeah and it's good to have it more you get more attack speed for longer your guardian can get more attack speed bro just play the oh boy play the maui hachi lane he's swinging it's aoe autos it cleaves uh there you go there's your tech okay i'll play that on thursday when i script we're on the second god by the way al kuang uh oh yeah his three went down um this was before we saw Al Kuang, of course, dominate the EUSCC. <laughs> <laughs> Truly oh. crazy performance. Good lord, my brain is completely gone. Uh, yeah, Al Kuang, um, fine, but mm-hmm. probably not seeing significant playoff. That is my guess. Oh, buff Hachi one. Give him like two more shots. Okay, there you go. Okay, there we go. Uh, Kukulin, there, there's a hype god. Kukulin is pure hype all around. Uh, I, I love, actually true. Yeah. I love this god. Um, increased base damage on his one in both forms and on the ultimate. Uh, speaking of nine point five and how that affected Hachiman's poke, Cullen was one of those gods that really uh, lost a lot of his. He doesn't have a lot of utility in the kit. Um, he a lot of his uh, the reason to pick Cullen is because he will kill people um, and he wasn't killing people very well and these buffs aren't huge in terms of the base damage but if you can full combo someone in human form uh get the one on them swap over get the other one you know 20 base damage on warriors ends up usually doing a good amount for them um and that's what he gets across both forms of the one uh i'm not sure it's also not a bluestone meta which kakala normally likes but he is one of the few gods that can kind of be okay with both um so i don't know that we're gonna see kakalan but I hope so, selfishly. Yeah, I I don't think we'll see much Kukulin. I mean, like like you said, he's a god that kills people. I don't think I don't think these changes are enough to push him in and push the other soul laners out. Um, yeah, I don't think he does as much. But I I do agree. I think Kukulin is one of the most hype warriors. Kukulin's so so hopefully sick. he does see play. Kukulin's so sick, man. Do you think it's just because we were conditioned by Benji to think this god is is hype, or do you think he's actually hype? You know, is it just okay? That perception? guy was that guy was actually OP when Benji oh, when Benji was busted. going off, he was actually busted. Yeah, busted and, for sure. Uh, I I do think this god is pretty hype just because he can make so many plays. But mm-hmm. I think I think back then the plays he was making are pretty normal plays nowadays. It's true. Um, so it's much more expected. Like it's not. Because I feel like back then, people were just confused when Kukulon would transform, or like, 
what to like how to play against it and now i feel like it's pretty obvious yep um but yeah i, I still think it's hype i still think it's fun me too here's another like those go ahead if you blink all like an entire team it's still gonna be hype for sure man that kid is so cool i love that kid uh hebo um here's a hype guy uh gets a little bit more base movement speed 355 to 360 uh, that might not seem like a lot uh, if you are a casual a casual listener or uh, SPL viewer. You might not um, put a lot of stock in a five base movement speed increase, but remember that all movement speed is percentage based. Uh, so getting that base number going up means a good amount. Um, and putting Hebo to more assassin-like levels because Hebo uh, is, for all intents and purposes, a magical assassin. Um, and giving him some more base HP per level in order and, to, again, be more like a, a assassin-like than mage-like. And I think he suffered with the same Kukul and Hachiman. He's a god that, in my opinion, does X amount of damage. And if X amount of damage doesn't kill people, then he's bad. Yep. So any buff towards Hebo, in my opinion, is a good idea. Yep. Do you, like, if Hebo got released today, if he didn't exist before now, if he got released today, what percentage of teams would play him in mid versus in the jungle? Like, would would... Any team play him more in mid um, than in jungle? Because I don't think they necessarily would. Like, I think that everyone would think this guy's a jungler instantly. Yeah, I think they would think he's a jungler and then play him in the jungle, get ran out by an Osiris, and not pick him in the jungle again. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, the boogeyman. That is Osiris. The cockroach. Yep, just can't get rid of him. Uh, Speaking of Heimdall, uh, he got a buff this patch. Um, That's a fatty buff. I don't know. My brain is so toasted that I'm just going to, I'm pulling the whole curtain back. Here's how this happened. I played a Heimdall (laughs) game and my one hit the archers and I laughed. I was like, what was that? That did nothing. And I pressed K and I was like, 70? What is that? That's nothing. Uh, Yeah. But this character does get a lot of power usually. It's a little bit more power based build. Don't want to make this ability hit too hard. I'm pretty happy with this with this shift in upping it early uh, and not increasing it late. Um, I don't know if this makes him SPL viable. Uh, I'm hoping that you can tell me. But um, I do think that this will feel noticeably better for Heimdall because his level one clear is, well, it's oftentimes level two if you're doing the strat where you get your three yeah. and port to purple. It That's is gonna say, yeah. laughable uh, how little damage it did. Yeah, you're just wanting to press the button most of the time early the game. <laughs> I and feel now, like my mana bar is simply too full. I would like to spend some of it. Yeah, I'm just going to press my three about eight more times and then mm-hmm. press my one and then, you know, be sad that it does 70 damage. But now, I feel like that's pretty good damage, um, especially early game. Like, you're you're actually going to enjoy hitting people with that button. Yep. Whereas before, it's like, like you said, it's like, okay, what's well, even the point of pressing it on the... It was wild. And I get it. Like, he has cleave autos. Uh, he hits harder on the cleave um, than most hunters do. But my boy, like, he needs to... It, it, the, the 70 was just uh, a relic of uh, some some squishier minions uh, mm-hmm. and gods, for sure. Um, yep, 100%. I hope we do see Heim, because I think he's cool. That's, that is for sure. Um, next up is Jormungandr uh another god another yep (laughs) he's gonna be op eventually this is how it always happens it's how it always happens barry i think he's an item-based god and his items aren't great in solo right now that is true they are not great in solo right now Uh, i think tank yorm 
is like Tank Wukong, you might as well play literally any other god. Mm. And I think this god's only good with, like, hybrid or a lot of, uh, like, offensive power. And I think when he did really good, it was when the pin items were really good and the proccing items were really good. I think it was, like, an E-Staff build. And he was just proccing E-Staff permanently and, like, a lot of penetration in his builds. And I think the pin items are pretty good right now, but I think he might just die too easily to the junglers that are being played currently. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know how good his lane pressure is currently. I would assume it's okay, but I don't know because I haven't seen a Yorm in quite some time. Um, but, I mean, the cooldown will feel nice for sure. Yeah, just decreased cooldown on the one and the two. Um, should be interesting. I should play a Yorm game. I haven't uh, gotten a Yorm He's game. He's a fun god. He is really fun. Um, and very, very unique uh, in what he does. And I'm a big fan of the ranged as Yorm mid. Um, always, always a good time. I wonder if Yorm could... The, the Rotec. I wonder if Yorm could do a little bit of jungling these days. I always feel like... I always I felt know. like he could maybe do some cool stuff in the jungle, but I digress. Um, next up is Ishtar, but before we get to that, um, I'm incapable of making clever transitions, so deal with it. Uh, gotta let you know about our second sponsor of the episode, and that is BetterHelp. Uh, here's here's my best um, sales point on therapy. As you'd probably tell, I'm a little all over the place right now. Uh, and like I'm sure many of you are with this time of year and, and busy stuff going on. Wednesdays are... Uh, Wednesday mornings is when I have therapy, and I literally cannot wait for my therapy session tomorrow because i know that it is going to make me feel so much better uh just being able to like really get to the bottom of what is stressing me out and all that kind of stuff and and talk with someone who is an expert on helping me understand how my brain is interpreting all of these external factors and turning them into the way i feel and act and think uh so i'm very excited about it and I highly, highly, highly encourage you all out there to go and seek out a therapist uh, of your own. Um, and luckily, we've got a great sponsor to help with that in BetterHelp. Uh, this this show, I, oh, I was supposed to read this at the very top, but I should, and I didn't, but oh well. Uh, this show is sponsored by BetterHelp, is what I have to say. Um but yeah, seriously, uh, it is a service that can make a lot of the stressful parts of trying to find a therapist uh, a lot easier. Um, you, They will help put you in contact with a few therapists that can fit whatever need, you know, learning how to have better coping skills or self-empowerment, dealing with trauma, anything like that. Um, BetterHelp is great for those things. And it, it's, it isn't easy and it isn't, especially in my experience you won't always find therapists that you vibe with um and BetterHelp makes it easy to switch it up give you lots of options all that kind of stuff uh in person online calls uh text conversations whatever um BetterHelp can help you find it all so as the world's largest therapy service BetterHelp has matched three million people with professionally licensed and vetted therapists available 100 percent online plus it's affordable just fill out a brief questionnaire to match with a therapist and if things aren't clicking, you can easily switch to a new therapist at any time. It couldn't be simpler. No more waiting rooms, no traffic, no endless searching for the right therapist. Learn more and save 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com backliners. That's better H, uh, better help, 
H-E-L-P dot com slash backliners. Big shout out to BetterHelp for supporting the show. Again, a great way to help support us and to support the show is by interacting with our sponsors. So uh, head on over there to betterhelp.com slash backliners uh it'll be it'll oh. be good for you as well which is uh, important to us and good for everyone else in your life that's correct uh ishtar getting a uh, little bit of a nerf um small nerf here for ishtar uh one of those gods that another example of where releasing weak um isn't the easiest place to to then it's much easier to to balance gods down from their release point than balance them up uh mm-hmm. and ishtar has been getting a couple of buffs now on top of the spl that is you know I, I don't think that she has looked unbeatable by any stretch um but certainly a very balanced hunter uh and that she doesn't have a ton of weaknesses um so getting a little bit of a nerf to the one imbue arrows increasing the cooldown of it by one second uh and decreasing the damage on storm shot by five percent that is the the long range one i do believe uh how much do you think this hurts uh ishtar um uh honestly i would say it's like it hurts her by like i'd say like five maybe like ten percent um because that you did spam the one a lot yep um so i think that will affect her laning phase and boxing potential a little bit uh especially in the early mid game uh, maybe a little bit late game on the sieges and around fire giant where you're just pressing one three on cooldown. Um, I do think the eighty five to eighty percent will feel kind of bad late game. Mm-hmm. Um, but in my opinion, it was doing way too much anyways in those late game situations. Sure. So I think it's a good direction. And also, I think in SPL her floor was just so high. Yep. Like you pick Ishtar, you're gonna have lane pressure, which gets you the first scepter pressure most of the time, which gets you outside the minions on the outside, which also you get to your purple faster, which you're getting your back off sooner. So it it's just a big like snowball effect, it feels. Mm-hmm. And if no one's relieving pressure in the one v one, um her one v one is very good. Um I mean she I think in like when I was playing Dance against Ishtar, like I was either like keeping her under her tower or she was keeping me under my tower. Like there wasn't really an in-between during the games. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I, I think this is a good change. I think it's a good direction. Yeah. Um, I, I just think like in competitive, her floor is just so high. Yep. Uh, she does a lot of things really well and very few things poorly. Um, mm-hmm. That's usually a good recipe to get picked uh, in the SPL. Um, next up, speaking of a god that needed to be brought up a little bit it's my boy it's maui um the one got a couple of changes a little bit more damage uh and increasing the range of starting up the charge of the one before it started uh just in front of maui basically at zero uh so if you went to charge it it was really four units um in front of him if you tried to throw it as fast as humanly possible it only went four units it was very very short now it's going to go all the way. To, it starts at 25, which is his basic attack range. So you always know that you will hit someone within that range if you insta-fire it. Um, and then decreasing the time it takes to reach that max charge uh, range from 1.4 seconds to 1 second. And the two got a little bit of a shift. Uh, 20% movement speed for, across your team obviously was a little bit strong. But the early points in this ability uh, weren't very good. Um for especially for protections but for movement speed as well and the use of the two 
as we always knew it would, uh, is a huge skill uh, exposure. Um, you know, the good players at using Maui 2 are going to win a lot more games than players who are not as good at using the 2, and that's not even taken into consideration. Allies using the teleport properly, all that kind of stuff. Uh, just lower-end support players aren't great at timing their relics, you know, getting the right shell off at the right time you know clutch med good frenzy all that kind of stuff and this is really just using a relic the vast majority of the time so we we squished the numbers it was a much bigger spread uh, movement speed was four to twenty percent uh protections were five to twenty five now they're squished movement speed is eight to sixteen and protections are fifteen to thirty five um i think this will i think these two changes I'm very happy with how they turned out. I'm really happy that we were able to get in the, the range change. I think they will help the bottom end of Maui players a lot more than they will help the pro Maui players, um, which is good because he's already been quite good in pro play, uh, but was not doing very well at most levels um, without making the pro play too much better. Uh, and mm-hmm. I think net nerfing the two at, at a pro level um obviously getting 10 more prots early is a big deal but i think if i presented these two numbers to most pros they would have taken the 20 percent movement speed at max rank um as the strongest aspect of this ability and uh losing that extra movement speed i think hurts this ability at high level more than gaining the 10 prots late game uh helps it mm-hmm. um how do you feel about these changes barry yeah i i, I agree um I think the hook change is a massive buff, uh, mm-hmm. unless I'm misreading it. Um, and I will say, I think the prop buff early game in uh, Maui's 2v2s is crazy. Like yeah. 15 prots early game is crazy. Because I, I don't think people were ever maxing this button. Um, most of the time it was second from most people, yeah. most players I talked to. So it seems like in those early games, like at level 3, level 4... Um, I think the, that prop buff will be pretty massive around the scepter fights and the four minute to six minute purple buff fights. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, I definitely. Agree I mean, with I, that. I I already thought this guy was really good, and I like these changes. Yeah, I think uh, I'm excited to see how much it helps him. The majority of Maui players out there who I know have been struggling, um, and I'm excited at the amount of pro play he's seen so far, and hopefully we'll see him at the world stage because you know, think about hype hype gods for worlds. Well, we bias a little bit, but I think he's going to be pretty hype, uh, which sure. is which is going to be fun. Um, Neath, decreased cooldown on Unravel from 15 seconds to 14 seconds. That's a two. And then backflip, uh, it says this ability will now pass through all player-made walls. This could read, uh, you can now backflip out of Yumoja ult, um, because that was the only one that, the, well, at least was, I know, uh, that wasn't working properly. Which was making me rage so hard. <laughs> yes, it was an inconsistency, and uh, it was unintended. And I'm sorry that it made you rage, Barry, and I'm happy to report that it was fixed. Yeah, I was so confused. I'm like, why can I backflip out of every single wall player made in the game but Emoja? And it was like, because she's tr- constructing the whatever. But yeah, uh, good change. Happy with that change. Also, yeah. the Neath tube up is pretty nice. Yep. Um, Tiamat... Uh, a little bit more base damage on the one. I don't know what to how to feel about Tiamat right now. I, I feel like what you can do in a competitive scene, not even just around 
spawning the minions to push side lanes and that kind of stuff. It's so much more than that, what she brings to competitive. Um, getting to spread your red buff, you know, like just the area control that she provides. More so than most gods, she is m more valuable uh, pro level than uh, a lower end level. Even in ranked, like I think Tiamat is a terrible ranked god most of the time. Um, mm -hmm. Even when she was at her best, I thought that she was pretty bad in ranked. I don't know. I, I really don't know. This I've, She's always been a hard one for me to evaluate. Uh, I'm curious to see how much this matters for her uh, at, a, at a pro level. Do you think this will bring her back? I thought she was already good, honestly. Mm -hmm. um, so I I think this buff will feel really good. Uh, I'm honestly surprised I'm not seeing her more often. But mm -hmm. I mean, I am just a measly little hunter player. But True. yeah, I thought she was already pretty good. Um, second to last is Tsukiyomi, a uh, little bit of base damage and scaling on the final hit of his two. Uh, this is a, this is one of the most hyped gods in the game, I think, um, with the ultimate, uh, yeah. just doing such cool stuff. I'm a huge Tsukiyomi fan. I don't think this really puts him back in pro play. I think it's mostly to make him feel better at, at lower levels, uh, at pro play, yeah, you weren't finishing this ability the vast majority of the time anyways. Um, but now when you do like it is a better benefit so maybe if you are picking this late in the draft um into comps that don't interrupt your two as often it's also worth noting that since he was meta last uh you can now beads in the middle of your two animation which you couldn't True. do before uh which is a huge deal for him at a high level so maybe those two things together brings him back a bit i think he's got to be at least okay but uh He's just so... He's such a liability, I feel. Um, mm -hmm. If you're having that Suki game where you just can't get online, you're just getting ran out of your back amps by a soul laner or support, I think he's, like, one of the worst gods. So I think he's a bit of a high-risk, high-reward style god, but uh, I do agree. I think he's really high. I, I think he's probably, like, okay-ish, but I don't think it's buff will. As you said, I don't think it'll, like, push him into pro play. Yeah. Um, and then last but not least, it's Ymir. Uh, shift here, certainly a net nerf. For Ymir, mm -hmm. who was deserving of it, uh, being the, the highest performing guardian in the SPL at Phase 3 playoffs. Um, wall lifetime was 2 to 6, now 2.5 to 4.5, and the cooldown went from 14 to 10, now is going to be 13 at all ranks. So a better wall at rank 1, uh, a worse wall pretty significantly at max rank. Um, this change, I think, was necessary. Uh, it did make me a little bit sad because Ymir is one of the gods that rewarded kit mastery and kit understanding and what his role mm -hmm. was in each game really well because all three of his buttons were viable to max first. Um, this makes it less appealing to max the wall, uh, but the six second wall on a 10 second cooldown was just insane um and the yeah. cooldown needed to go up because it, those cooldown numbers were, were from before he could cancel it uh now he can cancel it if you get the wrong wall so the, the cooldown just needed to go up um the lifetime needed to go down and i think that this is a a good spot for the wall to land is gonna be my guess yeah like watching genetics with the fully upgraded meditation then he has a double wall in a team fight like that's just so frustrating and annoying to play against yep. um and that i think it did like two or three games in playoffs yep 
And yeah, I, I think this is actually a massive nerf team here. Yes. Um, but I, I do agree. I think that like having a Ymir player on your team with the, I guess like the previous stats on that, it was crazy. Um, but I, I think it's a very necessary change. Yeah. It's, uh, it, it's really, th- this it god is, does too much. this god's just crazy. Um, one of those gods that just got buff after buff after buff because he needed it and the community didn't think he was very good. His stats were very good, all that kind of stuff, that's how it goes. Um, but now is, uh, the time of Ymir's reckoning. Um, yep. I, I think he's still going to be good. Uh, he might not be like top twoable as often. Um, but the reality is if you were picking Ymir late in the draft and they had a comp that was like, you know, Ishtar, Ra, uh, Erlong, like all this kind of stuff. They were, and they were dying to the six second wall. They're probably still going to die to the 4.5 second wall. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I still think he's going to be very playable. Um, he oh, still yeah, brings early pressure. Agree. Uh, he's yep. just not as insane. Um, yeah, you can still like play around with the wall late game as well in a certain comp. So, for sure, he, he, he's still good, but not like broken OP late game. If you get that juicer wall, that's what we're looking for right there. Um, all right, that is uh, that is it for the nine point twelve patch notes. Should be a fun uh, should be a fun patch. Um, Hopefully you all enjoy Odin's Onslaught. Big shout out to all the teams who spent a ton of time working on that uh, and put out a great mode, um, which people are enjoying, which is really uh, good to see. Um, Time for our random question of the week. It's the final random question of the week. I should have led with this. This is the final show of the year. Um, I'm traveling home to Pittsburgh for the next few weeks uh, to spend Christmas there with my family. Won't have my usual setup, all that kind of stuff. So for all intents and purposes, we are planning for this to be the final Backliners episode of 2022. So I want to give a shout out to everyone who comes and supports the show, you know, watches on Twitch and on YouTube and listens on whatever, uh, whatever podcast network they want to use. Um, really appreciate all the support you guys have given us this year. The show is not only uh, continued to... Um, be a thing uh this year but i feel like a a lot of our support has really grown this year you know we've gotten a lot of anytime you're seeing us take on more and more sponsors i know people get frustrated with how many ad reads we have and all that kind of stuff but it's a good thing when that's happening it it means Mm -hmm. that the show is 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 doing well and um you know we wouldn't be able to do this and uh and all that kind of stuff without everybody's support so i want to give you all a big thank you um for a great 2022 bear if i would have told you that we were still doing the backliners in the year 2023 when we started this years ago uh i'm sure you wouldn't have believed me i wouldn't have believed it that's for sure yeah i would have been shocked because i was so nervous our first episode so i would have been like there's no way i'm still gonna be doing something that makes me nervous and now i'm not nervous at all it's pretty relaxing that's right it's a it's a relaxing part of our week yeah i don't even know when our first episode was at this point uh time is season seven somewhere early season seven season seven okay that sounds about right yeah that sounds about right no maybe it was season season six i think it was season six 
We should we should do a rough. rewatch. Jamin and Chat said they think I think I should rewatch first episode. I think that we should rewatch the first episode. That'd be funny. That'd be good content for us. I would be so nervous to watch it. No, like oh, just yeah, like just, on the screen. Yeah, for sure. I would just be able to tell how like freaked out I was. A hundred percent. Yeah, you were on the Renegades. What season were you on the Renegades? Seven. Mm-hmm. Okay, it was season seven then. Um, because what were, what team were you on before that? It was Space Station was season SSG. five, right? Uh, SSG was season five and six. Five and six. Okay, so yeah, it must have been season seven. Um, <laughs> so yeah, two years strong. Uh, and here's to uh, here's to an even better third. So thank you everybody for Woo! that. Um, we are also planning to do a special uh, interactive episode right after Worlds in January. Uh, I'm springing this news on Barry because I forgot to bring it up to him before the show. Um, thank you. One of my favorite shows we've ever done, uh, where people could join in, join the call, uh, you know, be on camera if they wish to be, don't have to be, um, but interact and ask us questions directly and all that kind of stuff. Uh, we're going to have one right after Worlds, um, probably not our usual Tuesday slot because Barra and I will both be recovering. Barra, of course, recovering from winning the World Championship celebrations. Yep. Um, myself from not having to call a world final and being uh, intoxicated watching it, um, <laughs> which is my plan. Uh, it's going to be a great time. Hopefully you all are coming to Texas. And especially if any Backliners fans are coming to Texas, please, please, please come up and say hi. Uh, I can't wait to, to see everybody again. Um, but yeah, like later on in that week uh, that we would be getting back, Worlds is January 13th, 14th, 15th. I think right now we're targeting either January 18th or 19th for uh, for one of those interactive shows. So the way those work is you can get a ticket online. Uh, I can uh, say that we are going to be giving discounted tickets to our Patreon subscribers. So if you want to support the show uh, and get involved in our community a little bit more, patreon.com slash backliners is the place to go. You will also get a discount on these tickets, which is going to be fun. Um, and... It should be a lot of fun. We'll have so... That is going to be a 10-hour show, dog. On God. It is going to take so yep. long. Because we're going to have the World Champion to talk about and Season 10 patch notes to talk about. That's, oh. Oh, no. Yeah. It's going to be a 15-hour show. Uh, yeah, our shows are no day. longer 30 to 45 minutes. No. We got to get back to that in year three, man. It's on me. I know. Uh, we say it every week. But <laughs> I mean it. Uh, I knew it wasn't going to be that this week, even though, uh, because of my mood, I knew I was just going to be rambling. So that's just how it was. Um, but yeah, that's, that's the, the long ending part of this. So it's time for our random question of the week that you, which we get from our community discord, which you can join by going to patreon.com slash backliners. There it is. Um, to me, two shots asks best Christmas song and artist and the worst Christmas song. Um, uh what's the one that everyone hates for the best one the mariah carey mariah carey yeah all i want for christmas is you that one's actually my favorite um everyone loves that song why wouldn't it be your favorite it's great uh destiny hates it oh she absolutely despises that song i love it um i don't really think i have a worse christmas song i enjoy all christmas music i I just love christmas yeah christmas is just the best man i love christmas um Simply having a wonderful Christmas time is terrible, though. Uh, I will be singing it because it gets stuck in my head, but I do hate it. Um, that's got to be my least favorite. Uh, 
best Christmas song. I mean, like, come on. It, there's so many good ones. Uh, it's beginning to look a lot like Christmas is a great one. Uh, that doesn't get enough love. Um, that's what, that's where I'm going. I'm going for, it's beginning to look a lot like Christmas. Uh, oh, free worst Christmas song. If it is, it is a Christmas song, uh, is baby. It's cold outside. Uh, obviously everyone knows now uh, that song sucks. Uh, yeah, I know you're right. Yeah. yeah. That, that's get it out it's, of here for sure. Yeah. I completely trash. Completely. Um, J man, uh, the aforementioned, uh, asked favorite movie actors, content creators, influencers, etc. <laughs> growing up. Uh, well, back in me and Agro's day, it mm. wasn't content creators and influencers. No such things. Yeah, no, those uh, didn't exist. <laughs> that, that's, uh, we, we were Can I tell you, my wife, my wife is a first grade teacher. She teaches first grade. And uh, she says that her, the number one job that her kids want to do is be an influencer. That is number one. Oh, no. Most popular. More so than professional athlete or uh, astronaut or vet. Uh, which are some of the other popular ones um, is influencer, which I'm not going to sit here and wag my finger from my front, from my porch about the young whippersnappers and all that kind of stuff. Um, We're doing, I think of it as an opportunity to remind these influencers how much power they have uh, and that their actions matter because Mm -hmm. uh, they, they are Uh, influencing such young kids. That's it. I think influencers should not be a thing <laughs> because well, that bad news. it's yeah it's just like i mean more of like the social media influencers yeah um where it's just like look at me and my perfect life and all the things that i have all the possessions that i have um because i just feel like it's a very toxic thing for people to grow up grow up and see because i feel like it leads to people chasing a lifestyle they're most likely never gonna have yes and i think that's a very dangerous thing for young people to be chasing um not that you shouldn't be chasing the best version of yourself but i feel like everyone chasing an influencing influencer lifestyle is very dangerous um well there i mean look we're late i'm in a bad mood uh let i'm just gonna come out and say it it's it's they're teaching you to be good little capitalists you know it's that all of these things are what bring you uh joy and all that kind of stuff look at all the things that i have look at all the money that i have uh money is the most important thing um i should spend and show my wealth uh, as the way to be the most popular um, and advertising market, you know, agencies are never going to let now that they have a direct line of capitalism, good into child's brain. I mean, they have forever, but like a new angle yeah. of attack that is really good. Uh, it will never stop. Um, it will only get worse. Uh, yeah. Cause it's just yeah. like, you just want to buy now. I mean, when we were growing up, it was, whatever like movie star was selling certain things and i feel like movie stars are kind of dead now um and influencers are the new movie stars they really are i I was thinking that too that like there aren't there aren't uh movie star like new movie stars that aren't 
also very big on social media. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, there are, but like they aren't as uh, prevalent. But you know, that's just how society is. Like it's gonna it's gonna go one way, then rebound to the other, and rebound to the other. So it'll be fine, I guess, or it won't be. Who knows? You know. what what can we do anyways uh your favorite actors or or role models or anything like that growing up that were uh, that were famous um i liked adam sandler a lot growing up Mm -hmm. um i liked seth rogan i liked those style of like comedies Mm -hmm. um because comedy when we were growing up was very unfiltered i was just talking about aggressive like this when was the last time a movie was made like Dodgeball? You know? Dude, I went back and watched, uh, I think it was like Knocked Up, I think. Mm-hmm. Great movie. It came out in like 2007. Yeah. The jokes that they made back then blows my current mind. It's true. Like There was a lot. The last, yeah. I would say the last like four or five years, social media and online-ness has gone so like not not i wouldn't say strict strict is a bad way to say it but um i guess clean is a right. better way to say it um but i i was like what like like that, those are like the prime influencing years in my brain cells it's true and those jokes that i was hearing blows my mind and the fact that they were able to get away with that stuff and influence us when we were growing up with that is crazy but i mean it's just like times change i guess it's, it's just sure do. really weird yeah for sure i mean i i love the that uh the the stupid humor that and, and maybe they are making these movies and i just think they're stupid and not funny um because i'm old now maybe my parents felt the same way when well you do like that netflix show that i hate it's the so. greatest show of all time i think you should leave <laughs> tim robinson is literal genius he's the funniest man alive i don't care what anyone says uh it has broken my brain. Uh, he is the best. There's no doubt about it. You're right, Bear. I'm right. Um, my favorite, uh, J-Man, to answer your question, uh, Will Smith was my guy. Uh, oh, true. He was true. just so cool, man. Uh, yeah. There was no one cooler than Will Smith. Uh, I do use the past tense because now there are a lot of people cooler than Will Smith. Um, but back in the day, he was the man, uh, for sure. Good answer. Very good um, answer. All right, Hiru. Uh, getting sick sucks. Agreed. Hope you feel better here. That sucks. Uh, what is the one cure-all comfort food that your parents or yourself nowadays would make that make you feel better? We've talked about this on the show before. For me, ginger ale. 100%. Ginger ale, goaded, uh, sick thing. Um, obviously, you know, toast, uh, Gatorade, all that kind of stuff. Um, soup. But ginger ale is the big one for me. Yeah, um... I'm just going to copy my answer from before. Uh, it was just like cinnamon buttered toast. Mm. Um, just lightly, lightly toasted butter um, to where it's like kind of melted, but still uncooked. Um, and then a lot of cinnamon sugar on it. And then if not that, I think it was like a bouillon cube with rice, mm. I think, was something I ate growing up. Um, One time I ate a bouillon cube straight up well it was on a nacho cheese dorito huh you see what happened was i made an assertion 
um, in high school. A what? In assertion. A, in assertion. I made a claim that nacho cheese Doritos were so good that they could. It, it was. It was when I think it was around when the nacho cheese. Uh, the the Doritos Locos Taco came out at Taco Bell. And I was saying, you know, there were some naysayers, fools. And I said that nacho cheese Dorito would make anything taste better. And a girl who I wanted to impress uh, with uh. my commitment to the bit uh, decided to take me up on that challenge um, and, and came over to my house uh, and we got a bunch of bags of Doritos and she was j- just pull food items out of the pantry or out of the fridge and I would eat them with the said nacho cheese Doritos. Um, and the bullion cube plus nacho cheese Dorito was the final straw. Uh, I backed down after that. Um, but that was after so, I had eaten a lot of really gross combinations. Um, cottage cheese and nacho cheese Doritos. Worse than you think. Uh, worse than you think, for sure. I don't think I've ever had cottage cheese. Really? Yeah, I don't think we ever bought it and used it. What's it mainly used for? It's like its own like thing. It's like a side. Oh, yeah, no. I've never had it. Or at least I don't remember ever it having it. It tastes... I haven't had it in years. Um, if anyone's squeamish, uh, mute for a second. It, <laughs> it Its taste is good. Its mouthfeel is exactly that of what I imagine putting diarrhea would feel like in my mouth. Um, exactly. <clears throat> Little solid, mostly wet. Uh, mostly liquid, but just little hints. Uh, <laughs> we should have ended the podcast. <laughs> hey, yeah, that'll help Hero feel better is that answer. Uh, and one more before they're not too late, uh, if they're not too late, admit to your crimes what is one thing you've gotten in trouble for that you won't ever forget. Uh, eating a bullion cube on a nacho cheese Dorito. Um... No, one time uh, my mom's uh, townhouse that she lives in is in a neighborhood that has a pool. Uh, you know, my friends and I went in the pool after dark, which is not allowed. You know, hopped the fence, got in there. We weren't even, like, drinking or, like, doing anything weird. We were literally just, like, in the pool having a good time. And, you know, someone's got to call the cops and uh, kill our fun. Um, and it was a funny story because one of you know the cops like taking all of our names all that kind of stuff and gets to our one friend and he pronounces his last name which i'm not going to do on the podcast because i don't want to dox him and it was a different pronunciation than we had ever that we had never called it like we had called him his last name but with like a, a short vowel instead of a long vowel for like seven years and he was the last one to go in line so by that point none of us were like that scared anymore and I literally was like, wait a minute. Is that how you say your last name? And he was like, yeah. And I oh, was like, no. we haven't called you that. We always say, uh, like, let's use your last name because that's public knowledge. You know, Salter. Mm-hmm. It's like we have been calling him Salter for oh, no. years. For years. And he never said a word to anyone. And he's like, yeah, he uh, John Salter. And we were like, What? That's how you say it? Why didn't you say anything? He's like, I don't know. And then we all laughed at him and the cop laughed too. Uh, and it was, it was, really, <laughs> it was really funny. Uh, so that, that's the first thing that comes to mind. I don't get in. I'm actually very much a rule follower. Uh, my first grade teacher wife makes fun of me for it because she breaks more rules than I do. Yeah, I am as well a rule follower. Even if there's like, 
If there's no one around, I'm still going to turn my blinker on and completely stop at a stop sign. Oh, yeah. And yeah, and I there's so many people, especially you know in Georgia, that uh, drive a little crazy. And yes. I, yeah. Okay. Back on topic. Um, elementary school. Uh, we were sitting down eating cafeteria food. Um, we were getting up to leave. Um, and my best friend at the time, um, he got up to leave and he just like went to the bathroom. And because I thought like our basically like our lunch session was over. So I got up out of my seat to go line up. And so I just started lining up at the door. And the elementary school teacher, or like my first or second grade teacher, I don't remember what year it was, um, she got so mad at me. And she was like, If you jumped off a bridge, would you follow him? And I was like, <laughs> A classic line. What? Like, I was just like getting up to leave because I thought it was time to leave. Like, <laughs> calm down. Like, I'm just. I'm sorry, but as a kid brain, I was like, oh no, oh no, oh, I'm no. really screwed up. Like, yep. oh my gosh, I'm never going to recover from this. But there I, you go. I still think about it. I still feel like I was in the right. There you go. So, Take that, teacher, lady. Yeah, first, second, third grade teacher. I don't even remember what year, but take that. Yeah, Barry was right. Jerk. Um, come on the podcast and defend yourself if you can. Yeah. Uh, you won't. You're so scared. Probably like a... 60 70 year old woman at this point so i feel a little bad i don't <laughs> loser <laughs> okay. that's how we're gonna end this year's podcast that's for sure thank you so much everybody for all the support uh it was a great year of podcasting we're excited to do it again next year uh and our next show will be previewing the smite world championship uh which is crazy to think about um can't wait it's gonna be an absolute blast uh Big shout out, of course, to Prediction. Uh, make sure you check out all their uh, other shows. They've got a bunch of shows across the network covering a bunch of different esports. Uh, I'm sure you'll be able to find one that you vibe with. They have a bunch of great hosts on this network, so big shout out to them. Uh, and all of our sponsors for the year, for this episode in particular, it was Factor. Uh, Go.factor75.com slash backliner60 to get 60% off your first uh, order. Uh, and BetterHelp, betterhelp.com slash backliners to get 10% off your first month. Uh, big shout out to them. A great way to support the show is by interacting with our sponsors. Also launched our Patreon this year. Patreon.com slash backliners is where you can go there. Um, if you want to support us directly and get a, be a part of our uh, podcast community, which, uh, which I'm a big fan of personally. So that's going to do it for us here uh, in 2022. We'll be back next year. Have a great holiday, everybody. Be safe. Don't do anything stupid that... Barry wouldn't do if I would do it still probably don't do it uh it's just not gonna work out um and uh safe new years as well uh and we'll be seeing you uh in a few weeks whenever the backliners return so Barry, no pressure but this is the last one of the year um thank you and you do know what to do <laughs> oh god bro great give me a it was so do, do, smooth. It do it again do it again do it again <clears throat> all right that does it for the show, everyone. I do the whole, <laughs> whole five-minute thing. <laughs> Thanks, everyone, for listening. We appreciate you. We'll see you next time. Barry, you know what to do. Bye. Oh, with the cat as well. And you know, oh, she's waving bye. Oh, <laughs> wave bye. She waved bye. I love it.
Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.